Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one timely page of Talmud every day as we study today's page, Ketubot 76. It's just a few days, if you're listening to us sequentially, it's just a few days before Rosh Hashanah. And if you're anything like me, that means that the only thing you have been thinking about for probably the last, I don't know, three weeks is meat, delicious meat, the brisket you're going to eat on Erev Rosh Hashanah. But on today's page, we get a, a sort of kind of sobering reminder about how we ought to treat the animals that we eat. Have a listen. If a scab appeared over the wound on that spot, it is certain that the incident happened three days before the slaughtering. The significance of this fact is that if the animal was sold to a butcher after this point in time, the butcher can claim that the transaction was performed in error as he did not intend to purchase a terrifa animal. If a scab did not appear over the wound and the seller claims that the animal was injured while in the possession of the butcher who purchased the animal, while the butcher claims that it was wounded when he bought it, the burden of proof rests upon the claimant. And therefore, if the butcher had already given the money, he needs to bring proof and then he could take his money back from the seller. Now, look, I tried calling my butcher to figure all this out, but it's a few days for Rosh Hashanah and he was much, much, much too busy. So I am very, very glad that I came to my senses and called the real authority. My dear, dear friend, teacher, and source of never-ending inspiration, Rabbi David Bashevkin, how are you, my friend? Liel, what an absolute pleasure. And this is such a fascinating passage of Talmud to appear now. What the Talmud seems to be considering are the blemishes, the little wounds that render an animal no longer kosher, what's known as a trefa, which means that it wasn't a viable animal, so it can't be kosher. Kosher animals are healthy animals. And the really, there's a question that comes up that's actually relevant to the very time that we are in, and that is, how do you know specifically when you would offer an animal or bring an animal that it, in fact, was a properly kosher, healthy animal? You obviously have to inspect it. Now, why am I talking about this now? Most of our listeners, though not all, are not butchers. I, I'm sure we, we're huge in the butcher dafyomi sphere, but a lot of our we're listeners... We're very, very popular. Massive, but, but most of our listeners are not. But this actual idea of having to check and look at an animal for the blemishes that appear afterwards is actually relevant to exactly this point in time. And that is, there is a very strange custom that Ashkenazim, like myself, Jews of European descent have, in that we start saying slichos at very strange times of the year. Svardim, people who come from countries like Iran and the more African countries, Spain, and uh, Spain's not in Africa, but Spain, Iran, Iraq, and they have a Sephardic custom, they begin saying slichos, these supplications, these very heartfelt, what I called prayer in crisis before the high holidays, they begin on Rosh Chodesh Elul. There is significance to why they begin Rosh Chodesh Elul. Specifically, that is the time that Moshe went up Har Sinai to ask forgiveness following the sin of the golden calf. But that is not what we are talking about now. I want to talk for a moment about the Ashkenazi custom. For Jews like myself, who begin saying slichos 
on Saturday night before Rosh Hashanah. It always seems to change like when exactly you start, and the schedule is very strange. And it's basically governed by two rules, one of which is relevant to the topic on today's daf. Rule number one is Slichos always begins late Saturday night which is really, in Jewish times, Sunday morning. And that is because that is the day that creation began, where we're literally recreating ourselves. So the first day of the creation of the world was a Sunday, and we always begin this supplication, these holy prayers, these poetic prayers of a world in crisis. We recreate that world beginning on Sunday. But there is a second rule that it has to be a minimum of four days before Rosh Hashanah. So on this year, where Rosh Hashanah falls out on a Sunday, we start the Saturday night before, which was this previous Saturday night. Now, why do we need a minimum of four days to say Slichos? When Rosh Hashanah occurs on a Friday, for instance, you don't bump it up to the Saturday night before. It could be the Saturday night right before Rosh Hashanah. So why specifically is there a four-day minimum? And one of the answers that is given is exactly the topic that we are talking about on today's page. And that is that there is a law that when you would bring an animal as a sacrifice in the temple, in the base Hamigdash, you would need four days to check and make sure there were no blemishes, the exact kind of blemishes that we're talking about on today's page that have crept up inside the animal to make sure that there were no wounds that would render the animal a trefa, something that is not kosher. And there is a law when it comes to sacrifices that you need a minimum of four days. So it is specifically as we prepare and ready ourselves, we don't have sacrifices anymore. I don't have a cow in the backyard ready to sacrifice and offer on top of the bima of my shul on Rosh Hashanah, the shul board would absolutely shun me. I would be in a lot of trouble. So what is the sacrifice that we prepare before the high holidays? It is our own selves. It is the self-transformation that we, so to speak, are the sacrifices that we offer to God. In the absence of a temple, we, so to speak, inspect ourselves just like we would have expected a sacrifice for a minimum of four days. We inspect and we reflect for a minimum of four days approaching the high holidays to make sure that we have found all of the blemishes, all of the warts, all of the anger, all of the frustration, all of the shortcomings, and have tried to reconcile and fix them to the best of our ability. And just like in previous generations when we would bring a sacrifice into the temple, it is us and our own self-transformation that takes these four days to self-reflect and better ourselves in anticipation of the high holidays. What a gorgeous interpretation. And thank you for making my own slichas practice that much more meaningful. Rabbi David Bashevkin, as ever, Gmark Tivavachatimatavat to you. My absolute pleasure and a gemar kasiva v'chasimatova to you and all of our listeners. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. 
Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Rusquet and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic, and we will see you again soon. Thank you.